Well, wasn't that great to hear that orchestra again? I think that's the first time since the pandemic we've heard them, and great to have them back and going, and they played so beautiful. We're blessed with many people that contribute in so many ways with their talents in the worship and service here. Well, the last couple of weeks, we've looked at different images throughout the Bible for Jesus. And we looked at where the Bible describes Jesus as the great physician. And then last week, we looked at where the Bible describes Jesus and Isaiah as the suffering servant. And today, I want to turn our attention to the Gospel of John, where Jesus says about himself that he is the bread of life. One of the things that I find is uh, so encouraging as, as we read the Scripture and learn who the Lord is, is that he, he wants us to know him. He wants us to know him. There's so many things in life where people desire to keep us in the dark and to confuse us. But when it comes to the Lord, he has made himself known. And one of the things that we see the Lord doing all throughout Scripture and in the teaching of Jesus is using things that we see around us, things that we've experienced, and things that we understand, using those things to try to help us understand spiritual things, to help us understand things that we haven't seen and, and don't yet understand, but that the Lord wants us to understand. And so Jesus, as he was preaching, Jesus used this image of bread to communicate a very important aspect of who he was and a central part of his mission, what he wanted to accomplish for us. This passage we're looking at today comes right after Jesus had fed the multitudes. And after he had fed the multitudes, they they later came back looking for, looking for more bread. And as we see today in the passages, Jesus both teaches them and rebukes them. The problem was that they came looking for bread instead of looking for him. So I want to ask you, would you join me in standing as we read this together? John chapter 6, beginning in verse 22. The Bible says, on the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is, it not, this, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I've come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I am him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand a passage today that many at first hearing misunderstood. May we look to Jesus in faith as the provider and sustenance of our life. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we look at this passage, and I know that we read a lot of verses because we have to see the whole conversation, what Jesus taught, in order for us to be able to, to think through it. And as Jesus is, is teaching the people, he's teaching them in response to a miracle. 
Jesus had fed many people in a miraculous manner. And so they come looking for him, and they find him in Capernaum teaching in the synagogue. And so they go to Jesus, and Jesus immediately confronts them, saying, you didn't come looking for just me. You came because you got your fill of bread. And so he begins to talk to them about doing the work of God. And so as they ask, well, what is this work of God? He says that the work is to, is to believe. All throughout this passage, uh, Jesus uses this image of bread and the bread of life to speak about eternal life. And he says that their part, their work is to, is to believe. So when we think about what, what is our part, in receiving eternal life, friends, our only part is to believe, to believe. Our only part is to believe. This is difficult for many, many people because it requires us to humble ourselves and acknowledge that we're not able to provide our own salvation. It requires us to humble ourselves and admit that we don't really have anything to offer God in exchange for eternal life. It requires us to humble ourselves and admit that were it not for God, we would not even know how to begin to approach the concept of eternal life. But so many people today are not, not seeking eternal life, nor are they seeking Jesus. But as they flood into churches on Sunday morning, read the scriptures, do their devotions, like those that were seeking the bread, they're looking to see what they can get and what they can get in an easy and fast format. Jesus wants us to be about the relationship with him. These people came not seeking Jesus, but seeking bread. Notice what he says in verse 27. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. Well, what is Jesus talking about bread and all these images? And well, the people themselves reference back to, to Moses leading the nation of Israel through the wilderness to the promised land. And when we think about the wilderness, I know when I was a, when I was a teenager and, and read about the wilderness in the Bible, I just kind of envisioned this Amazon jungle because when I thought of a wilderness, that's what I thought of. I thought of uh, mountains and all these things. And the, the wilderness that they were going through was a desert. It was dry, sandy, and dusty. Water, very hard to come by. Food, even harder to come by. And so as this massive amount of people journeyed through the desert, going from Egypt into the promised land, God miraculously provided for them by giving them manna. The Bible says that they went out one day as God instructed them, and this manna was just lying on the ground, and all they had to do was pick it up, and they were able to bake it and, and, and eat it. And so God provided miraculously every day for them. The only day that the Lord didn't provide the manna was on the Sabbath. 
And the day before, he allowed them to go and collect two days' worth to get them through so they would not have to work on the Sabbath. The Lord provided for them. I think uh, all of us know that we cannot, we cannot live without food. Food is a source of life. Your body will, your body will shut down. Your organs will stop to function if you don't receive calories and nutrition. We've seen different places around the world where different conditions, sometimes people who are uh, held during war, we see other times where there was just famines and we've seen people perish from, from lack of nutrition. The body must have food. This is the connection between bread and life. Bread sustains us. And Jesus, when he said that he was the bread of life, he was saying that in the same way that God sustained them in the wilderness and got them through to the promised land, he he would get them through to the, to the ultimate promised land. I, I don't know if you've picked up on this or not, but almost everything God did, if not everything, almost everything God did with the nation of Israel uh, all throughout the Old Testament was just a mere foreshadowing of what he was going to do someday. When they brought those lambs and they offered those lambs as sacrifice, that was just a mere foreshadowing of Jesus, the true lamb who was going to come and provide the payment for our sin. When he sent them into the promised land, that promised land was just a mere foreshadowing of the ultimate promised land of, of heaven. And when he sustained them in the wilderness through daily giving them bread, that bread that sustained them was just a mere foreshadowing of the true bread, Jesus, who would give us life and sustain us eternally. So what do we, what do, we do? What is our work in this? Verse 29, Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who has sent you. Notice what they say in verse 30. So they said to him, then what sign do you perform? Or what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Well, it's amazing. Uh, just prior to this, Jesus had fed 5,000 people miraculously. And after feeding 5,000 people miraculously, the same people that ate that bread and saw him do it said, what sign are you going to do? What work are you going to perform? You see, for some people, they will simply never be enough evidence, enough compelling reason. I think of uh, Luke, when Luke tells us about the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man and Lazarus, the rich man died and descended down into hell. And the rich man who had five brothers, he begged Abraham. He said, please send someone to warn my brothers of this place. And Abraham says, they have Moses and the prophets. Meaning they have the scriptures, the same as we do. 
Moses and the prophets had been long dead at this time, but he meant the writings of Scripture. And the rich man said, but no, Father Abraham, if, but if someone would come back from the dead, then they would believe. And Abraham says something that I think we all need to hear. He said, if they will not believe, Moses and the prophets, then neither will they believe if someone comes back from the dead. Jesus was telling that, that story. He was hinting at his own resurrection from the dead. God calls us to come in faith and belief. It doesn't require any faith to accept something that you see right in front of you proven over and over and over again. And so God gives us enough evidence that we might know. He doesn't call us to a blind faith. He gives us enough evidence that we can know. And these people had already seen Jesus take a little bit of food and multiply it to feed thousands. And Jesus says, your work is to believe. And they said, what, what sign are you going to show us? What work are you going to perform that we may believe? Jesus had already given them all the signs that he was going to give them. We come in faith. This is our part in receiving eternal life is to believe. In verse 32, I want you to notice what Jesus points out to them. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. The Father was working through Moses. Now he's working through his son, Jesus. And our part is to believe. When we come to believe, our eternal life is certain. Jesus emphasizes this in these next set of verses here. So he begins to speak about himself as the bread of life. He says in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, and listen to this, shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Later in verse 37, he says, all that the Father gives to me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Then look at verse 39. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. Verse 40. Everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. Jesus emphasizes here that when we come to faith in him, our eternal life is absolutely certain. Certain. Now, all throughout John, we see people who are so literal-minded, they can't get past Jesus' analogies and metaphors to see what he's actually talking about. And so in John chapter 3, we have the discussion that Jesus has with this man, Nicodemus. And he says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus's response is, that's crazy. How can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born a second time? very next chapter, John chapter 4, Jesus is speaking with the woman at the well. And he said, if you knew who you were speaking with, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And the woman says, 
The well's deep and you don't even have a bucket. It's crazy. You can't get past the imagery that Jesus is using to teach spiritual things to see the spiritual thing. So if you think that John chapter 6 has anything to do with bread or eating, you're in the same category as the woman at the well and Nicodemus. Jesus is not talking about bread. Jesus did a miracle where he fed many people, miraculously giving them bread. And the people come back wanting more bread, and he uses that as a teachable moment to talk to them about the true source of life. And they say, well, but Moses, Moses gave us bread. And Jesus says, Moses didn't give you bread. It was God who gave the manna in the wilderness. And he is the true bread who has now come. And our work is not to make bread. Our work is to believe, to believe and trust. And when we believe and trust in him, our hope is absolutely certain. Jesus doesn't say that he may have the potential to give us eternal life. He's absolutely clear that this gift of eternal life is, is certain. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. In the wilderness, the people didn't really know how God was going to provide for them. If, in fact, the... the the Hebrew word manna, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but you know what it means. It literally means, what is it? The people walked outside that first day and they saw those flakes all over the ground and they said, what is it? They, they still didn't even know in the mist how God was going to provide. And there was times that they didn't believe and they didn't trust him. God told them to go out every day and get only what they needed for that day. And some people, they didn't believe God and they didn't trust him. So they gathered up multiple days. And the Bible says that the very next day they got up and all that they'd gathered had maggots in it and was spoiled. Friday came and they gathered enough for two days so they wouldn't have to work on the Sabbath. And they got up on the Sabbath and the manna was perfectly fine. You see, God was teaching them to trust him and depend upon him. He didn't give them all the manna that they would need for the rest of their life. He didn't even give them all they need for that week. He just gave them what they needed for that day. And Jesus would later teach us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Why? Because he wants us to trust and he wants us to depend. So when it comes to eternal life, Jesus says, whoever comes to me shall not hunger, shall never thirst. He says he's not going to lose one of us and we will never be cast out. He calls us to believe this by faith that he'll provide for us what he has promised to provide. It is difficult for many people to believe, and it's difficult for many people to believe that Jesus is God. Verse 42, we see this was the hang-up of many of the Jews. They said, 
Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Well, Jesus was the adopted son of Joseph, and his mother they may have known, but his father they clearly did not know. When you think about the world and how it works, there are so many things that if it had not been fully explained to us, if we had not seen it over and over and over again, we, we would never believe it. We would never believe it. But yeah, these things seem perfectly normal to us because of familiarity. We've seen it over and over and over again. Think of simple things like the state of water. If you'd never seen water and someone said to you, well, water, water is liquid, but it's also solid and it's, it's a vapor, it's a, it's a gas too. We said, that's crazy. One, one thing can be a vapor, and it can be solid, and it can be liquid. Oh, yeah, and your, your body can't survive without it. It's all in you. You can't live without it. We said, that's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's all in me. We, we all know this. We accept this. We understand that temperature, temperature is what determines the state of water. It's liquid at a certain temp, you get it freezing cold and it's, and it's solid. Pull it on the stove and it evaporates. We, we understand this because we've seen it over and over and over again. It's not bizarre at all to us that one thing could have three different states and could be the, the very essence of our life. We've seen it. It doesn't require any faith to believe that because we've experienced it. When it comes to Jesus, we hear that God came in the flesh. We say, well, how can that be? Everybody else just has an earthly father and an earthly mother. And the Jews said, we know his father and his mother. How could he come from heaven? They struggled to believe, just like many people today. Many people who like the idea of Jesus and think Jesus was a great teacher and perhaps even an extraordinary social revolutionary, but was not God. This is where the Jews were. They struggled to believe that Jesus could be the Son of God. But Jesus says in verse 45, it is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. You see, all throughout the Old Testament, God was pointing to what he was going to do in the New Testament. And Jesus is pointing out once again that the Old Testament points to him. This prophecy, and they will all be taught by God, was fulfilled as Jesus literally stood in a human body teaching the people. He says in verse 46, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God, he has seen 
the Father. And this is Jesus. He says in verse 49, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. They died. There was nothing wrong with the bread, but the bread that they ate in the wilderness was merely able to sustain them for a day. But Jesus is offering to sustain us for all eternity. He is not the bread of daily existence. He is the bread of life. The bread of life. And the Bible teaches that he is the true bread. Notice back in verse 32 that we looked earlier. He says, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. You see that word? And then in verse 55, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. To be true is to be the opposite of false. And I believe most of us in this room today have lived long enough to know there's a lot of things that seem to be true on the surface but turn out to be false. We've all heard empty promises that were not fulfilled. We've all heard claims that were simply not true. And the Bible, as it speaks about two different people that want to direct us and guide us. Jesus, as he described the one, he said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I have come that they may have eternal life. Satan is the false bread who can provide pleasure in a moment but cannot sustain you for eternal life. But Jesus is the true bread sent down from heaven. Jesus said in verse 58, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Will live forever. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for our sins. And when Jesus speaks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, this is, this is metaphorical, symbolic, doesn't mean literal. This doesn't have anything to do with taking the Lord's Supper. It's not have anything to do with cannibalism. He meant to receive and partake to receive and partake. 